Sly and Robbie. Yeah. From Jamaica yeah. were having a big impact. Yes. You know, with, with dance music and, and, yeah. and that's that raga sound with dance influence and yeah. synthesizers. And, that's right. You know, that's you right. have a few different types of well, they came in coming so, together, you know? That, well, they came in with that again, you know, they even they explored that whole disco scene with Gwen Guthrie, right? Big you know, time. Oh my god! Big time, which was like amazing. You know, you you'd listen to Gwen Guthrie, you'd go, "Great track." Should have been you, and all those ain't nothing going on. But the way you go, and then you look at the production credits, you go, "Slime Robbie." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What? Huh? What? How? Who? What? Reggae, Where? reggae guys, and what? They're doing this? Those guys have gone clear. My goodness, they've gone clear. They've gone from reggae, proper in Jamaica to go just doing just a, a great disco soul vibe, which is amazing. And they did it really well. They did it exceptionally well. And also the success with Grace Jones. Let's not forget Grace Jones that they, they cause they did the I whole thing. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. They did all that as well, which is great. So they, you know, uh, they were really great musicians and they kind of explored that whole scene as well, you know? Um, but we were, like I said, we were young, we were young. We, you know, what did we know about, we just about, you know, we tried to get signed to an agency. No hope. That was <laughs> dead loss. Can you explain that to someone that is talking about agents now? Okay. So an what agent, did an agent do for you then? And what would they say to someone like you, you guys? So an agent back in the day would have been uh, someone that came to see you play either at your rehearsal or come to a gig. Um, and if they thought you were good enough, they'd, they'd sign you up and get you gigs, which just means it just means you ain't got to do all the donkey work trying to find gigs, essentially, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to force people to put you on their gigs and, and stuff like that. You know, the, they would be like the, the middle person. They'd just go out and find your gigs, whether it be in a pub or, or supporting a major act or, right, right. you know what I mean, playing in a wine bar. Uh, or playing at a private party, even, you know, anything like that, you know, um, that's what that, that's what they would do. That's what they would do. And because the music that we did was quite specific, it was hard for them to market us. Essentially. They couldn't find a place for you, right? No, no, because you know, what you're going to hear, go and listen to jazz funk, which is like, we'd had some, which had some kind of complicated bits in it at a wedding. No, it's not going to work. You know, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and then the club scene was playing dance music, kind of like electro at that time. And a mixture yeah. of American stuff with the English, British, you know, the more yeah. British funk. Brit funk. So if you're not in that scene, lane, that's yeah. a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, obviously it consequently didn't quite work out and so we you know we disbanded to, to be honest we just disbanded because it wasn't quite working and you know and like you said you like you said you mentioned earlier some people went and got regular jobs some people carried on the music you know all that kind of stuff but, but i what kind of but what kind of devotion or should i say sacrifice does it take to see the light at the end of the tunnel 
to mm-hmm. stay with something like this. This is what people understand. They always see the gold medal at the end. They don't know what it took to get the gold. You know what I'm saying? They don't get that part. That part's the ugly part. <laughs> I call it the ugly sister's time. It's like, you don't want to know me during that time. That's not a time you really want to know me. So the grafting part. <laughs> it is such an honest way. Yeah, the grafting part. Work, working, to get, working to get to the end goal. Correct. Yeah. So, in the, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, <laughs> Lenny, in my mind, all I wanted to be was a drummer. That's all I ever wanted to be, just a drummer. Eat, beat, breathe, repeat, drumming. Drums. That was it. Drums, 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 drums. And to the point, obviously, when I started working, um, albeit Marks and Spencer, that was my first ever job. Um, I'd start, I'd always get a job where I started early in the morning and finished by, say, two o'clock, latest. I wouldn't go past one o'clock. To work till two o'clock would be overtime for me at any place. So I'd start at six or five and then I'd go and then I'd work until one o'clock and then I'd go home. One o'clock in the afternoon. One o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. One o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then I'd go home and I'd practice. And that would be my day. And for many, many years, I did that. Whatever. And I, I must have went through about three jobs. Always starting early doors. Always starting early doors. Always. And that was a sacrifice that I made, basically. And there was one job I did. Only one job that I ever did where I didn't do, where I kind of had to work a full day. And that was when I was working for an old school electrical company called Rumbelows, who did like TVs, fridge freezers, you know, like electrical outlet store. And I'd worked in the delivery department, delivering washing machines, fridge freezers, TVs, da da da, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'd start at half seven, but not finish till five. And I did that for about a year and a half. I thought, sod this for a game of soldiers. I can't do my drumming. I can't do anything. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm stopping. So I stopped and left. <laughs> did you get the two? Did you get in the, luckily the two weeks notice, or you just said I'm out? I just I gave my notice. I gave, I gave my notice. I had to work for a month, <laughs> which was the longest month ever. That was the longest <laughs> month. I was just like, can I just leave this place? It's driving me up the wall. So uh, you know, eventually I left. Um, and, and so then of course, you know, that gave me time to, uh, to practice full time whilst I was looking for other work, you know? Right. Um, so I practiced a bit, but, but then also what I was doing was putting my name out there more to say that I was more available to do sessions. See? Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of made, I used my time productively, so to speak. You know what I mean? Calling my mates up. Any jobs, uh, sessions, duh, 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 let me know, let me know, that kind of thing. You know, um, um, so, you know, and I did that for a while, you know, but, but also a good way to get, it's also a good way for me to get to practice my, the chops and get my hi-hat and groove work up, up and running and everything, you know. Um, and see now, when, when did I join... When did I join Candyland? So we're talking like maybe late 80s now, late 80s. I got another job at Marks and Spencer's eventually, 
early mornings, starting at six, finishing at one. Brilliant. Couldn't, couldn't, you can't make it up. It was fantastic. Loved it. And I'd come home, I'd practice. And my friend worked at a rehearsal studio and said, he called me up. He says, oh, Derek, this band, they need a drummer. Come along for the audition. Because he told him that, you know, that. I got a friend. He needs, you need to hear him. He's going to whack it out for you. Yo, <laughs> yo dude, you got to get down here now. They want to hear you now. You'd have no cell phone back then, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like answering machine at home. Hey, wait, wait. You couldn't even find a red telephone box, no less than a fax machine. You hadn't even had a fax machine at home yet. No fax machine. I think I, I think we had an answering machine. Uh, so I picked up the message in an answering Beep. I'm not here. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so, so who's this band you're going to go and try out for? So this band is called, uh, they're called Candyland. Candy. Which is uh, like a... Everybody write that down. Candyland, everybody. Candyland, yeah. Uh, uh, with myself, Deed Osman, Felix, David Ayres, and... Colin Payne. There's like a five piece band, four or five piece band. And it was, the music was like indie dance. Essentially it was indie dance. That's what it was. It had a rocket, more like a rock edge. Yeah. It was kind of based on like the Pixies, the Cure, that uh -huh. kind of vibe, but with dance beats. Okay. Yeah. But with dance beats behind it. So, um, you know, I did the audition for that band. Um, at a place called Terminal Studios down in London Bridge, um, which was a massive complex. It's like more room than, I don't know. It was just like a really big, massive place with all these big studios in, but it was great. You know, uh, I just went in there and then just did, did the audition um, and, you know, got the job and just started playing with that band. And, you know, we did, we did an album. Um, and we, oh, sorry, no, tell her, go back a bit. We got signed. So we did the gigs. That's it. We started doing gigs. Now, these guys, they, they really grafted. They actually went out there, found gigs, um, knew a couple of people in the industry. Like back then, we had a magazine called Melody Maker. I don't know if it's, I don't know if you know it. Oh, I remember that. I think I remember Melody Maker, that. like old oh, school. Yeah. Going back now, like a newspaper, Melody Maker, <laughs> old school. And, you know, <laughs> musicians and stuff, the one ads in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auditions. Drummer needed, bassist needed, da 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 da, all that kind of stuff. Ate with food and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, so, you know, they'd actually contact the people of like Melody Maker, uh, People at record companies, they'd like to send demos off to record companies, like loads of them. Do you know what I mean? You know, d demos that were made from our rehearsal, they just send them off, you know. Um, and, you know, we got, you know, we actually got some interest from those, from those tapes. And we started doing a residency in um, South, Southeast London. Can't remember the name of the place now. A, a good pub, though. We'd play there every Friday, every Friday night. Every Friday night we'd play there and it was, it was a great gig, really good gig because we'd rehearse in the week, go and do that gig on a Friday, then go back to rehearsing in the week because, you know, I'd, obviously I'd be working six till one and then there'll be rehearsals in the afternoon, two till, I don't know, six or whatever. 
Then on a Friday, we'd go and gig. So it was great. Kind of work, kind of all fell into place. It was actually quite nice. And yeah. that went on for how long? How long oh, were you gosh, yeah, that, that went on for quite a few years because we did the album with a guy called, do you know a producer called Phil Chill? No, I don't know Phil. I'll tell, tell you what album he did. He did the Massive Attack album. Oh, yeah, I remember that album. Do you know the, the first album? So he That's produced great. that album, did all the programming and stuff, all that, all that. Um, so we a serious got, kit. So he had a serious kit. He knew what he was he doing. Was a, he was a proper, proper cat, as we say. <laughs> he was a serious producer, knew all his stuff, um, uh, worked with a guy called Jeremy Allen, who mixed the, that uh, Safe From Harm. He, Phil did that Safe From Harm album. So all those famous tracks, Phil did all that programming and stuff. Uh, and then Jeremy, Jeremy Allen did all the mixing. Um, and it was, uh, we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is really, really good. Uh, did the album. It did okay. I can't complain. You know, it did okay. Um, and we managed to get a six week American tour out of it, actually. Um, yeah, we managed to get a six week American wow, tour. Wow, good for you. Uh, supporting a, a band called. Oh gosh. Oh, I can't remember the name of the band, to be honest. Oh, but they were like nine inch nails, basically. That kind you of you did tour America? No, we I toured America, like kind of Tell us the story. So did you go on the boat to come to America? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were things called planes at that point there, Lenny. You didn't come over from, you didn't come over to stay at Johnstown with the Mayflower. You came over with the train, with the plane. You came over in a black cab. Um, black cab. <laughs> so we, yeah, so we came over and. So wait, wait, before I even take you any further, the thought of coming to America, did you feel like, oh my God, we made it now? A little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I want to know about really that. really excited. Really I think you were because I saw the movie of um, uh, what's the name of the band? Freddie Mercury. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the first time he gets called to come to America. You could see the excitement in their faces, the glee of like, <laughs> "We made it! We're in America!" <laughs> we like, yes, you know, we're touring. <laughs> so tell us the story about that. Oh, so that was great that do you know what what an experience that was that was a really good experience so obviously you know we were support band we weren't the main band so we were, we were support band you know whatever funds we made we used it to finance getting over there um uh, and then we had to hire oh in fact what we did was we shared the transportation like the the logistics with the band with the main band so we'd hired drum kits it's not drum kit, drum kit. So we had a drum kit. Was I sponsored by then? I'm trying to think, was I sponsored? No, I wasn't sponsored by then. So we'd hire a drum kit. We'd get the amps. The guys came with their guitars and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And then we'd just, we'd just get on this. We'd had a van, one of those, an SUV. That's what you call it. And what you call an SUV, right? So, so we had an SUV, which we hired, which we drove ourselves around America in. We drove around America in an SUV for hours on end from city to city to city. Yeah, like that. How does that work? How does that work? This is is America today because everybody's happy about the uh, presidential election. 
Tell them, no, go away. Yeah, you need to turn that buzzer off. Right, so you know what happens is the Apple phones, everyone, you know, we love Apple. Here's the problem. When you have a Mac and you have a phone and you have a laptop, everything is, you put your Google name in and everything syncs up. So oh, you, well. you're hitting the X on the phone and it's still coming up. So anyway, you're driving around the United States of America. So we're doing like New York. We're doing LA. We're doing Richmond. You're doing, you're, you're driving doing, through the whole United States. Yep. We're Coloradoing. We're Denver. We're, 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 we're just everywhere. We're everywhere. First of all, hang on. As an Englishman, Brought up in the English system, in New York. In background, what's the culture shock like for you going to this to America at that time? Um, the culture shock. Do you know what? We 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 loved it. <laughs> to be honest, we loved. We actually we loved being in America. We just loved it, you know, because the culture was great. The music, obviously, the music was there. And we were just big time. Big time music people, anyway. You know, we'd go out and record shop. San Francisco, we did. Do you know what I mean? You know, we had days off in San Francisco, which is amazing. Culture shock? Mm, not really. Not much of a culture shock, to be honest. Very similar to England. Very similar to London, to be honest. Just on a very much bigger scale in everything. From buildings to food. Oh, nobody understands that in England. They're like, <laughs> they come to America. They think New York City is America. It's like, that's not America. That's just one piece. That's <laughs> a small part of America. <laughs> we did Dallas as well. We did Dallas as well. So it was really good. It was a, um, a really good experience for us. Really good experience. You know, we did, um, yeah, so we did the six weeks playing at these clubs, which, uh, which you know, capacities were anything from, 200 to like 500 you know so and it was good it was great it was really good fun we did uh and we so and then i think the only chicago we were driving from oh my gosh where were we driving from we were driving from LA. was it was it miami to chicago i think miami to chicago i think we were driving that's a long trip too yeah it's a very long trip a road very long trip uh, and this one, so we're heading towards the last gig now. We're heading towards the last gig. This is the story here. So we're driving along. It's the night time. Driving along. It's winter. So driving along. Du, 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 du. I'm driving the. I'm driving the SUV. Du, du. Music's playing. Everybody's sleeping in the back. Du, 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 du. And all of a sudden, I hit black ice. Damn. I'm like going. Oh no. And the car starts doing this. Sorry, swerving, swerving. This. Oh my god! And, and then I'm in, I'm in this in this SUV, and of course, you know, when you turn it a little bit, it kind of takes a bit of time to react. So I'm like, <laughs> like a it. boat. It's like a boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm turning it, it, it's going swinging to the it's swinging to the left, and I'm turning it to the right, and it but it's still going left, <laughs> and I'm like going, oh my gosh, this is not good, and I can just see this whole thing unfolding this whole scene unfolding so i'm now going now it gets to the point where i'm i know i'm actually going to lose control so what happens is the the but the suv then goes down into like a ditch goes into like a little small ditch and rolls everybody's in the back sleeping luckily they've all got their uh, uh seat belts on 
We've rolled seven times, Lenny. We've rolled like seven times. Ladies and gentlemen, he was worried about what he was going to share with us. I've been waiting for the juicy part to come. This is about as juicy. You're driving in America on your way from Miami. Let's recap this real quick. Miami to Chicago. You hit black ice. Yeah, black ice. How fast were you going in this SUV? Uh, I don't know. 60. Right, you're doing the average speed limit. Yeah, it's average speed. I wasn't, I wasn't doing like... And then no, you hit like the, guys, the car starts to swerve, and then you drop into a ravine, and I'm yeah. assuming from the angle of the ravine, yes. it goes right oh, over. Man, and keeps on rolling, basically. <laughs> keeps on rolling. So? So, so, th- so we're like now, oh my goodness, because we've got a tour manager as oh well. Oh my goodness! You're probably like, oh... <laughs> Christ Almighty, we almost died. Everybody. Oh my goodness. You ain't seen you're, like, you're probably sitting like this. Look at the truck going. I don't believe we're alive right now. I didn't want to overdramatize it, but I have already. So anyway. house stories. This is not this is not BBC. It's not oh my goodness territory. <laughs> this is oh this is this is true house stories. You must traumatize for ratings here. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we ended up basically our tour manager who, who was with us ended up uh obviously calling 911. Now there was uh, no funny stuff in the car, right? No smell of hashish. No, no. No, no you're no. driving, you're fine. But what time of night was this? Gosh, this is like maybe two in the morning or something. That's what did you happen to be were you fully awake, aware, or were you kind of yeah. like No, I was fully awake. Tired, you know. Sometimes we drive tired, you lose a little bit. No, wasn't tired. It just was just pure black ice. Wow. Pure black ice. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. That's tough. I actually had to take over driving because our tour manager who was driving was he was tired. So I took over driving from him, basically. So he could have a rest and then carry and then he would carry on the rest of the journey. You know, consequently. So now the car's been rolled over seven times, and the tour manager is looking. There's a bit bit injured. His shoulders hurting. This, this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? We've had to call the ambulance. Um, We've got taken to like a hospital. We've all been checked out. Everybody's fine. Just the tour manager's injured. That's it. Really, everybody else was fine. And we can go on. The band can play. The band could go on. Um, And the. Uh, so the the band who we were actually playing with the support the support uh, sorry the the main band they actually turned their bus around and came and picked us up from the hospital. They, the driver turned his bus around and came back to where we oh, were. The main bit from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah, the, the the band that was similar to Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. They, they, turned, they turned around and came back and got us and picked us up and and took us to Chicago. In fact, no, they didn't take us to Chicago because the gig had to be cancelled for whatever reason. The, the gig had to be cancelled. So we went back. He drove us all the way back to New York. Believe it or not. I believe it. He drove us all the way back to New York where the following day we got on the plane and came back to London. I was going to ask you probably JFK you were going to, right? Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was a story. And that, um, but you know, we were very, uh, very lucky, very lucky indeed, to be honest. Very, very lucky. Um, and, you know, thank God, you know, I'm still here to tell the story, to be honest. So, yeah, but all the viewers are going, 
Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. And nobody expected yeah. they were kind of like at the wheel. They were dozing over and it heard accident right away. What? Yeah. So that, that was that that was the Candyland. Uh, that's my Candyland story. Um uh and then you know the band carried on for a while you know we still did gigs up and down the up and down england up and down the uk you know everywhere you know which, and it was great the, the album did well we did a, some great gigs um, do you remember who was in that other band the one that you were doing in america do you remember any of the players in the other band yeah, i know you don't remember the name of the band but did you know anybody from the the a band that you follow you guys oh were- uh the, the name of the band was called uh, I think they pronounce it Die Warsaw or something like that. They were like um, they're like Nine Inch Nails. What's that? What's that music? What's that music called? I don't Rash know. or you know. Oh no, no, they're like it's that. What it is? Heavy metal. It's, it's, heavy like metal. it's like heavy metal, but with with programmed beats. Yes, and, like, and triggered and triggered sounds, basically, and triggered sounds. So they trigger snare sounds, kick drum sounds. It's when there's like the the Simmons and all that. Elise's drum kit and all that kind of stuff came out. They were using all the pads and sequences. The drummer was like, he was great. He would like hit the pad and it would just set off a sequence of <laughs> events. <laughs> you just go, whoa. And he'd be like, and then he'd start hitting the drums and it'll be just this mighty sound coming from the drums, all electronic. So, more, so basically more of an industrial sound. Industrial. That's, that's the set. That's the type of music it is. It's very industrial. Got it. Now I understand so, it. Yeah. Very We're triggering pads, playing yeah. drum, but the, tr- the pads are sequenced. Sequence. Yeah. They give you that feeling the rhythm. Sound. The rhythm is pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's using, uh, little triggers on the drums to trigger sounds and stuff like that. So yeah, but you know, I don't envision this from you. Like I don't envision you have playing with Candyland being like industrial <laughs> sounding. Well, I don't. Nor, nor did we. But you know, we were asked to support this band in in America. Um, and how was it received when you did the openings and everything? It was great. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good because it still had that dance element to it, you see, because we had we had sequences as well. So that was like my first um, uh, first experience of playing with technology, clicks, loops, triggering samples, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, it was it was received really well because it wasn't as heavy as uh, uh, as, as that industrial thing. It was more the dancier side of it. It was more the dance side of it. And that's what kept sure. it. Cool. So you could go and see the package. So we're enjoying the fact that we know you like to dance. So I'm assuming that even this is not really categorized dance, mm. but it's given you a place that you can still funk out, you know, rock yeah. out and do your exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember that band? I'll tell you who we were similar to. We were similar to, remember that track, Unbelievable? Unbelievable. Ah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I remember. Like that kind of stuff. That's the okay. kind of stuff we're doing. Indie dance. Well, let me Indie tell you dance. what they categorized that here in America. They used to call it dance oriented rock, D O R. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what exactly what it was. Yeah. The dance rock sound. Yeah, the dance oriented rock sound. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. And it was, you know, it was really, really, I just really enjoyed my time with the band. I really enjoyed my time with the band. You know, we just did the one album. We did the tour. You know, it went well. And then, of course, you know, the band disbanded. Of course, like every band. 
So let me ask you this question. Yeah. This is what I've been told about drummers and bands, rock bands. They always tell me that they got the worst ego. Is that true? No. You don't understand what I mean by that. Like the another drummer feels without me, there is no band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a myth. It's a myth. I've always heard that from guys with bands. They would myth. tell me, they would say to me, the drummer's got an ego from here to, <laughs> here to, to Japan, dude. And it's all about him. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, <laughs> Maybe in some bands, I don't know. But, um, you know, I just think, I suppose it's just down to attitude, isn't it? Really? I mean, I mean, I play drums because I love music. And so I like- right, You're a music guy. I got that. Because I've heard yeah. radio shows. We know that you're a muso. Yeah. You love music. I get it. Yeah. That's me. I love music always. Do you know what I mean? So, and I just do... And, you know, we don't know. But you know what I'm talking about? There's drummers out there that you just know their air. They just, they think who the hell they are. Yeah. You yeah, can't tell them nothing. Imagine you say, yo, dude, you're a little offbeat or something. They'd be like, what? Yeah. 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 There are, there are some drummers out there like that. And um, if you, if you can be, if anybody's going to get criticized first, it will be the drummer. I guarantee you. The drummer will always be the first to get criticized. The drummer will always be the first to be sacked. Well, that's true because in the band Chicago, I yeah. saw the story too. Yeah. Now they all made that band together. <laughs> One day they all got together and they voted him out. Yeah, there you go. Why? Yeah. Because he couldn't do the timing tight enough with the changes like you were talking about with the industrial stuff. His when his turns came around, right? And he wrote those songs and they voted him out. So it's outrageous, isn't it? It's out outrageous. He created the band. It's not like it's not like he was born after. He was the band. Chicago was him and the guitar player and the other guy. They see you gotta go. <laughs> You can't keep time. You've we got to go. We voted you out. Imagine that. That's just nuts. That sounds like banned politics. Yeah, because here's the deal. They want him to be so dead on like a metronome to the to the click track. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Go take lessons. Came back. They tried him out. It still sounded good, but he wasn't tight enough for them. Wow. Wow. Nuts. That's just nuts. Well, what can I say? So Candyland ends. Candyland ends. I then do go back to doing session work, doing bits and bobs, da 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 da, da you know. Um, and then what? Who do I join after that? I do join another band called. It was a pop band, Freaky Realistic. <laughs> they were great. I thought you could tell me something Fanzini or something. I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, no. There was a band called Freaky, Freaky Realistic, but I was used as. Session. I was just a session for that. A session guy. Yeah, I was a session guy for that band. So I was just, I was just like, we've got a gig here. Turn up, play, blah blah, rehearsals, da da da, that kind of thing. So I was with them for a while. Um, I don't know, maybe six months or something. Maybe a, not even a year. I think maybe six months, eight okay. months. Okay. They did. They were just a pop, pop band. A, a pop band. There was a, uh, a Japanese girl in it. Uh, a, a rapper from Canada, and uh, a singer, a uh, singer songwriter from Southeast London. Um, and again, great band, great songs, really good, sounded fantastic. Again, band politics. 
and that went sideways royally do you know what I mean so you know you just go what is going on why can't people just get on make music you're into this for music just do it just play music and enjoy it right and get into the whole insults this that da, 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 da. do you know what I mean you know but anyway People don't understand it, but see, but they don't, unless you're in band life and session work, they don't know this, all that goes on. Nobody knows this stuff. I know. I know. They see you going like this. One, two, you know, and, and then boom. They, they don't know what went on, how many fights broke out before that got to the one, two, three, four. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we, luckily before shows, that never happened. But, you know, at times it got a little bit heated. Let's put it that way. <laughs> In a nice, nice way of putting it, right? Yeah. Got a little bit heated. Yeah. Um, Discussions so, yeah. real serious to the point where people are going to be almost fired. For, well, it got physical. <laughs> yeah. That's heated enough. <laughs> That's it, right? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no need for that. You know what I mean? I will um, kick your behind. It was like, I well, will, was, what? You're just like, oh my goodness. Anyway. Uh, they disbanded consequently right uh and then after that lenny i then joined a band called urban species so now we're coming closer towards the whole it's okay we're taking us on the wikipedia trip come on now (laughs) so i joined um uh urban species which is a uh, which was a, a a rap a rap outfit signed to talking loud in the UK, Charles Peterson, everyone talking Eggs. loud. Norman J. That's it. Talking loud records. Norman's, Norman's my guy. Love Norman. Norman J. Wow. Who has been on this show and is a big supporter yes. of, of True House Stories. <laughs> love, love Norman. He's proper. He's proper. Tell us. So tell us about that. So joining. Um, so I had to do an audition for uh, for Urban Species, and uh, and the bass player, uh, a guy called Joss. He asked me, what am I doing? I said, not a lot, because I just stopped working with Freaky Realistic. So I'm just at home practicing. What you're doing is, look, there's a couple of songs here. Learn these songs. We've got an audition, because lo- the, the rap, the, um, the band are looking for a rhythm section, bass, drums, guitar. So Joss, who was the bass player, uh, and then uh, Yogan was a guitar player, who I'd known from before, uh, and then myself and drums. Uh, and we just, and I just stayed at home, learnt the songs. We went to a rehearsal, had a rehearsal, got one rehearsal, learnt the songs, great. Uh, turned up for the audition with the band, with the rap band, um, with with uh, Peter and the rest of the guys. And uh, and we got the job. I said, you guys sound great. Fantastic. Let's do, we're going to do some gigs. There's some things planned, tours, da, 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 da but we'll keep you informed. And, um, and we, you know, we just started doing some like UK shows. I think we started doing Europe. Uh, did we do UK? Yeah. We did UK shows like universities and things like that. Cause they were already signed. Right. So they were already signed to, they had an agent, they had manager. In fact, their manager was the first manager of the original manager of incognito. So it was, the, so it was the same company, right? Marshall management or something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, they were good. They were actually all right. Found them lots of gigs. 
up and down the country, you know, Leeds, Bradford, Birmingham, Manchester, Glasgow, London, Southampton, Cart, you know, everywhere. Oh, they're working them. They're working from sea to shining sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much. yeah. Like sea. Yeah. From doing, 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 you know, the ballroom, doing the bars, you're doing everything. Yeah. Everything. They did it. They did it all, you know. Uh, and then they managed to land themselves a university tour. Yeah, that's another big t- part of it. You do the university is huge, huge for them. It was student nights, massive. And I mean, they really and what a you know it, that was great. And then that that tour kind of led because they were touring all the time, so it was great, you know. Uh, and they were and then from that university tour, so going for like the big tours, big uni unis like Birmingham, Coventry. Glasgow, you know, Bournemouth, really big unis, uh, London, um, uh, universities in London. Um, they ended up doing a European tour from that. It just moved on to a European tour and ended up doing Europe for like however long. Wow. Four weeks or something. Four weeks in Europe, travelling around in a splitter van and doing uh, doing these shows. So there was like myself, Joss, um, uh, Yogan Cesare was doing BVs then there was Peter on main rapper uh, there was an, oh god I can't remember I can't remember everybody anyway there's about eight of us all together and they even had a dancer what they called a vibes man and all he would do was dance and get the vibes and get the get the crowd up and hyped up and everything he was great he was really cool slim they called him Oh gosh, is it Slimfoot or something like that? But he was great. He was a great dancer. Um, but yeah, really good times. Really had great times with them actually. And and just do you know what? That was actually one of the um what I had that was my first time in actually doing programming for a tour. So like programming all the electronics, so having a sampler with putting samples into a sequencer. And doing all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and then when they wanted tracks to like join on together, you know, you'd have to do with the time changes and all that kind of stuff. And I'd never done it before, so I had to sit down. I don't. I, you're good with equipment, right? You're good with equipment. So do you remember the Roland MC50? Sequence? Oh, sure, I do. The little microcomposer. <laughs> yeah, I remember it now. When she's a microcomposer, <laughs> it's big. A lot of drummers use that because yeah. it's on a little stand, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we used a, a Roland MC50 and it, and you didn't have no, uh, and with together with a sampler, uh, like a Akai or I don't know, it would be a, a one a S1000 or something like that, you know, and we just like, and I just programmed the whole show. I programmed the whole show. Looking in the manual, I'd be like in the manual, looking at the manual. So how do you go from one song to another, do the time changes and everything? It was all that kind of stuff. And I just, I did it in about, I don't know, two weeks, did the whole show. From song one to the end, it was great. I was really proud. Have of any, did you ever have, have have a problem with the sequence live, where it didn't, where you had a reset or something happened? That sequencer, no, because that sequencer was really robust, extremely robust. That's really a robust. horrible moment to have. Where it's just you don't have the thing locked. Honestly, up. it's the worst thing ever. Worst thing, and because it's rap music, so there was a lot of loops involved. Right. And they wanted the loops from the record, and then I'll be playing live on top of the yeah, loop. Yeah, because that's what makes it sound like the tracks that yeah. people can actually 
Because no matter how good you are, exactly. it never sounds like impeach the president. Exactly. You know, the, the, the loop of impeach the president. Yeah, it's got that sound and everything. So they want that 70 brash sound. Yeah. And they want that sound to be part of their night in exactly. experience. Exactly. So I ended up just getting all the samples from the album, took what we needed as opposed to just taking everything and then just sequencing it and then just, you know, sequencing it out and everything. It was great. It's cool. Worked really well. Program changes, whatever was needed. Good man. I was like, just working it out, man. He's like, he's got it, baby. He's got it. Like, Great. Derek, you're, you're a Derek, you're a star, man. You're a star. <sighs> <laughs> no, it was good. That was a really good experience. And, you know, it brought, and it kind of brought me more into that kind of technical world of drama. These guys were British hip hop, right? Yeah, British, British hip hop. No, yeah. It was not like the American gangsters in the sense. Oh, oh there. my gosh. No, they were like, uh, what we know, what we call. Acid jazz. They're like from that acid jazz. No, let, me, let me get right what I mean by American gangsters. So Parliament, <laughs> the band, you know, George Clinton. Yeah, yeah. George Clinton had two buses. <laughs> <laughs> the Parliament bus and then the X's bus. Uh, <laughs> oops. That's what I'm talking about. So this band had two buses. Wow. Let me say it one more time. The bus with the current and the bus and, and the X's. <laughs> That's some gangster. That's proper. Keep That's them proper funk. One nation <laughs> under a group. There was no one nation with this. <laughs> two nations, two buses. <laughs> two nations, two buses. Look it up, everybody. George Clinton's no joke. <laughs> That's nuts. That is absolute nuts. That's why I was asking you. Is it going to be like, the, you know, like Tupac? Is it going to be like, oh, the, no. you know, <laughs> with the gangs, you know, L.A., oh. L.A. Raiders jackets, New York, you know, it's like it, it, they got it got kind of fresh like up. In the group. <laughs> Did it get like that? No, it was nothing like clean that. cut, clean cut. type tracks. <laughs> no violence, no nothing like that. <laughs> no, it was actually you know, really good. And, you know, this stuff was the lyrics were great. Um, the music was fantastic. The vibe in the band was brilliant, you know, and, um, and, you know, consequently <laughs> I would been, I'd been with them for, because they used to listen to hip hop all the time. I mean, like 24 seven, it'll be, uh, far side tribe called quest. Um, who's the other guy? Oh God. Anybody rap Naz. Um, Public Enemy Public Enemy Just They'd listen to it All The time And I'd be like Can we just play Something else <laughs> Yes <laughs> And I'm literally like This and the bus like, Can we just play Something else No man You know what This is really good man We're going to play this I'm like Alright cool Do you know what I mean It's fine <laughs> uh, Anything Please Anything Anything But um, I never got I, To be honest I never got sick of it. I just kind of just dealt with it, but it opened up my eyes to rap music and beats and stuff like that and playing those beats live and all that, you know, so it was good. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed my time. Um, whilst with that band, what happened, I went to a barbecue. We had a break, went to a barbecue and I happened to meet a guy called Simon Law. 
Do you know Simon Law? I know the name. Producer for Soul to Soul. Yes. All the early stuff. Keep on moving, don't stop. Da, da, da. Back to life, all that kind of stuff. He produced like the beats and did all that kind of stuff together with uh, Jazzy and all those guys. Was that when my friend Rose was with the band Rose Windross? Norris's no. brother, Norris's sister. No, she came in after. Came in after, okay. He came in afterwards, yeah. She's a great yeah. singer too. Yeah, she's an amazing singer. Well, amazing. Rose Windross, you out there tune in, girl. Yeah, we, we love Rose. We love Rose. She did a thing with Stevie Taylor, right? Yes. With Stevie Taylor, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So I met Simon. I said to Simon, look, if you get any sessions, because I knew he was a producer for Soul to Soul, so I thought this could be a way for me to get in on that kind of scene. I said, there's my number. Give us a shout. Let me know. Let me know. Please keep I me gave in the number. <laughs> so I've given him the number. That was on the Sunday at the barbecue. And on Wednesday, I get a phone call from a guy at EMI Music. Um, and he says, oh, uh, I got your number from Simon Law. And uh, he says that, you know, you're, you're, you're a good drummer and we'd, we'd like you to audition for a band. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, yeah. What's the name of the band? And he says, Jamiroquai. And I went, I've never heard of him because I actually hadn't heard of them. So they'd had this, they'd had this one, uh, this one album out, but I didn't know. All I saw was the Buffalo Man, but didn't know who it was, what it was all about or anything. And he, and he said, yeah, look, come and audition for the band. You know, I'll give you the, I'll give Kevin your number. Kevin's a manager at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll go along to, and just go along to the auditions. So I'm now in, I'm now, I'm now starting to rehearse with Urban Species for another tour. And I get the call to do the audition for Jamiroquai. So at the end, so <clears throat> I've had to say to Kevin, look, Kevin calls me. He goes, when can you come? I went, oh, whenever. He goes, can you come on Wednesday? I went, yeah, but I am rehearsing with another band. I could come afterwards though. <laughs> so I, I did the rehearsal with the band that day and then went off to... Um, and then went to this audition. I'd learned the song. And luck luckily, the week before, I'd been given the album by a friend of mine who said, listen to this music. It's really cool. And so I'd listen to it, you know, when you're going to learn Emergency on Planet Earth, uh, all those kind, you know, the, the hits, basically. Uh, I just listened to it and thought, oh, yeah, I see where this is going. I really, you know, I like the vibe. But I, it's just... But there's something that doesn't quite sound right. And I'm in my car, like thinking this, this is prior to the audition. Done the, so on, I'm now listening to this stuff on the way to the audition. And the, the guy, and I get into the audition. All right, I meet Toby, Stuart, and Wallace. That's who was there at the time. Anyway, so we're jamming out, playing. We've, we've done all the tracks, Emergency, When You're Gonna Learn, Too Young to Die and whatever other ones there were um the kids i think was the it might have been the kids or something like that we played and and as of and that, whilst we're playing this guy's come in and stood at the back of the room and we're like just playing along jamming away and i'm really enjoying myself getting into the vibe a guy comes up to me he goes hello mate you all right i went yeah 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 he goes oh i'm jay 
I went, oh, nice to meet you. But not knowing he was the singer. So I've just now met the guy that's singing on the singing on all these tracks. And I actually didn't know it was him. That was that was weird. Can I can I break in and say something to you? Yes. And please, everybody, don't cane me with your sticks. <laughs> but before I knew this was even a man, I thought it was a woman singing. <laughs> I'm going to cane no, you. Not, a, not in a bad way, because no, the register was so high. It's so high. That's right. I yeah. never saw it because I was getting the 12 inches and I only heard emergency on planet earth is what yeah, you yeah. got yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it was all up in that in that female oh, yeah. register and i know when he speaks he's way deeper it's way down but right. his register's so high yeah i know i know i know and so i didn't I, I couldn't quite i just it didn't click because i didn't know the the name of the singer i just knew there was a buffalo man that sang these tracks and didn't know and there was some someone that sang the tracks. Of course, it was him. I didn't know. That's how stupid people are. The siege happened in Washington. The guy's wearing a buffalo. And they're saying, there's Jay from Jamiroquai. How stupid that was. I couldn't believe it. Nuts. That's just nuts. I said, that's not him. That's not him. And that would have been him 25 years ago. He wouldn't look like that now. <laughs> Some people, man, they're just like, just out of their minds. Do you know what I mean? Off their minds. <laughs> so, um, he got... Anyway, we kept on rehearsing and I must have did that. I must have done that audition. I was in that audition. Literally, we did, uh, must have been there for about two to two and a half hours. Well, what they have you do, you know, you know, you say audition. Did you have to learn the songs to just get up and jump and play them? Or did they want you to freestyle along with them? What was the deal with that? So... When I first got into the audition, what I did was I played the tracks that they asked that they asked me to play, which are basically the hits. Do you know what I mean? So I played the hits, but of course, you know, I I played them in the way as they were on the record. But of course, my touch is different to the previous drummer. I play heavier, I play harder. Do you know what I mean? So I've got more of a solid beat behind what is going on. So. Um, and, you know, respect to Nick, the previous, previous drummer before and me. Nick, who, what was it? What was his surname? Nick? Nick, Nick Van Gelder. Who's a, you know what? He's got, he's a great drummer. He's a very good drummer. Why did they replace him? You ever find out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Because that's know. a tough thing to do when you got, when you have a, a, a winning formula, not to say that you can't bring it. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, so. I mean, I, no, I don't know. I don't know the full story. Do you know, I just know that the the drummer wasn't there anymore and I got asked to come along to do that. And that's as far as I know. So I've just come in and just done the audition, you know, and I did t- like two hours. Could you imagine like Eddie Van Halen's band has David Lee Roth as that singer and <laughs> now he's fired and they bring in Sammy Hagar? <laughs> who doesn't sound, and he's great too. He's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah. people were so pissed off with Van Halen because yeah, they yeah. wanted that sound. Yeah, that's his sound, right? That's his right. thing. Van Halen to that's me is, thing, right? is Eddie Van as uh David Lee Roth. It's David not Lee Roth. That's right. yeah. Yes, but we all said, okay, bring in Sam- Sammy yeah. did great, and which is out in your position. So Nick leaves, he's Nick out, leaves. yeah, and you're now brought in. I'm now brought in doing these auditions two and a half hours one day, then I have to come back the next day. And 
basically play again. And this time I'm playing for like three hours. You know, um, this is serious now. Now you know this is serious, right? This is serious because now what we're doing is jamming. Now we're jamming out. Track. I want to see how you can flow, basically. Yeah, how yeah, flow is, yeah. right? So we're, so we're, Jay's in there now because now Jay's singing and doing his thing, uh, which is great. Uh, and funnily, and, and the shock, you know, the shock to me was like, okay, we're going to do, I don't know, Too Young to Die. So, of course, I start playing. Do, do, do. He picks up the mic, starts singing it, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's the voice on the record. <laughs> so up until then, well, I didn't know. Yes, yeah, so you're trying to be cool about it, right? You're just trying yeah. to be cool. You're still yeah, I'm saying cool locking in. I'm going, oh, my gosh, that's the song. <laughs> that's the oh. song. Okay. Oh, oh, that's the voice. Oh, okay. okay. That's the song. Oh. That's the song. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. It all the, the penny drops. It all comes together. Um, great time doing that. And then we start to move on to other stuff. And now I'm getting into the way that Jay works. Uh, kind of getting to know the right, the, this is a very start of like, I, I'm going to say I work in relationship because we started doing, uh, just these ideas just started, just started coming out different ideas, different, you know, different tempos, different beats, different, different grooves, chords, everything, you know, but it was really, really enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? I've never had, I'd never had so much fun at an audition because it was that whole freestyling thing, such an experience such a really good and to play with such great musicians and we're all and the good thing was is that we're all we all listen to the same type of music so we're all into that the disco funk the uh, the jazz funk thing uh similar artists so we could all play in the same sort of vein we're all on the same page does that make sense i suppose that does make sense right 100 i totally get yeah. it you're gelling you're becoming a one unit not separate yeah Exactly. And that's what, if I was to see you as a band member and knowing that I'm in the band playing and you're taking Nick's spot, I would want you to be like, he never left. Yeah. Not yeah. a square and a round circle, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want him to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, and then admittedly, when I did the audition, all I did was just hold the groove. Of course, I experimented a bit. I didn't go over the top. I just played the groove. I just grooved out and everybody, and we all just gelled together really well. You know, Stuart, Toby. And I could tell like your manner is so relaxed. You didn't come in there with, you know, apprehension, you know, you're like super cool. And they, and that's another thing is, are you going to fit into our vibe? That's what they're thinking. You know, they had yeah. that discussion. You believe, be sure of it. I know I'm, I would. Sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Is, is he is he uptight? Is he going to be cool with us? Yeah, you know, is yeah. he gonna be able to deal? You know, they're thinking all that stuff because like a band is a family. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Nobody understands that, people. That's a family thing. It's, it's a family like, thing. But I wasn't coming in my mind though. I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking I'm going to do some sessions with them. Do you see what I mean? That was my that was my whole thing. My whole thing was like, okay, I'm going to go in and do a couple of sessions, and then. I'd be going back to doing the urban species tour thing, you know? So I did the second, so I did the second audition and we started working on tracks. Uh, and one of the tracks we worked on was 
the first track you hear on the second album, which is called Just Another Story. And that first track was written in the audition that I did, which is, which is just like nuts. So let me ask the next question. Now, you're not only becoming a drummer with this band, now you're writing. Yeah, just my part. Yeah, <laughs> you but know. you're writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, I'm writing with the band, yeah. You're writing with the band now. Yeah. So this is a yeah. different ball game. And Now we're going and, to something different now, that's right. Right, you're not just being the session guy no more. Now you're becoming part of the team in a different yeah. way. And, and it was after that audition that, they, that the manager rang me and said, you got the job. So consequently, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, now I'm going to have to kind of tell Urban Species now that I've got another job. So how did that go? They were right. They were cool because I actually found someone to replace me who was, you know, who was into the same vibe that I was and that could play the stuff and do the beats, understood the electronics. So they were happy. They were cool. They were like, all right, you know, and they were fine. They were fine with it, you know. Um, and then I, uh, and when I left, I then went to start recording uh, Space Cowboy with the, the album with Jamiroquai. So that was my kind of entry. That's my entry story into joining Jamiroquai, so to speak. That's, that's my... Uh, well, it's a good story, though. I mean, we had a long road to get to Jamiroquai. Yeah, very long, very long, long road. You had nice, exp great experiences, you know, up and downs, you know. Mainly up, though, I have to admit, mainly up. And, um, and, you know, uh, and, you know, here I am today talking with you, Lenny. It's crazy. You know, I'm here. I am talking with you about my whole story and telling the people, um, and just sharing my story with you, you know, so, you know, I've got to say a big thank you to you, Lenny, for, for asking me to be on here. Cause it's, uh, I really appreciate it. You know, I've never done this before. So oh, you have now, you're no more a virgin. You're now, <laughs> you are now a veteran. <laughs> So now let's, let's go on here a little bit because we're getting there to the, yeah. you know, to the, you know, you're DJing of course and stuff. Yes. The second album you do, you start yeah. touring the world. How did life change for you as for you now? Okay. So now I'm in, so now I'm in a band. Now I don't know what the, um, what to expect. Cause I actually don't know what to expect to be honest, you know, so there's a big Did you ask questions. Did you say anything? I'm just like getting fed this information from the manager. He says, right, this is what we're doing. Cause I'd never done this whole kind of big, massive tour thing, you know, big rehearsals, you know, like big rehearsal rooms, um, tour buses, tour, tour buses. Now this is tour buses. We're not talking. People, no more bubbling squeak. He's having caviar and champagne. <laughs> we're on tour buses with beds and all the, the lounges and all that, that kind of stuff. Just he's not. like Florian Estefan level. He's a yeah, yeah, yeah. J-Lo. J-Lo. Like, these are like proper like double-decker tour buses. Great, you know. Um, so, you know, and we're doing the rehearsals. There's, you know, there's like, there's horns, there's, you know, guitar keyboard everything you know and i've never done this size of rehearsal or anything before and it's just a big just a big thing for me just a big thing and i'm when i when i joined jamaica I, nobody had heard of me nobody nobody 
everybody was going, well, who's that? Who's that? So, well, if you did your underground working, you would have seen that I'd worked with in, um, with urban, urban species who were big on that talking loud scene, you know. And I did a couple of recordings with them and stuff, but still nobody heard me. But I just thought, all right, that's cool. No worries. But, you know, I just worked with them. It just We toured, we recorded the album, recorded Space Cowboy, um, which was great. Love recording that. That was such an amazing experience. Love that. Um, and and did all those tracks that are on there, Manifest Destiny, uh, Light Years, all those tracks, you know, we did in this in a studio in Kentish Town, uh, in Battersea and Kentish Town. Um, and a really good experience, you know, with a great engineer. Um, uh, and then we toured and the tour was just like, phenomenal it was my first time of going to japan that was my first tour going to japan as well um for you know long long haul flight like my first long haul flights and stuff you know getting filling out the um the visa forms all that kind of stuff you know your life changed you completely 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 changed i'm the neighborhood guy to I'm now Mr. International. It's a, <laughs> I don't know about international, but uh, yeah. Hey, James uh, Bond to you, baby, babe. Come on. No, Look it, man. I just love, but, um, but yeah. You and know, think about this. You're not driving the SUV anymore. And I'm not driving the SUV. I'm not going to be asked to drive. <laughs> you don't got to, wait. You got to drive. You got to tune up. You got to set your own kit up and you got to drive to the next destination. <laughs> Now I had, a, I had a drum tech. I actually had a drum tech and everything. Did you make Drummer Magazine? Did you ever make it to like to the you know those big mags? I made it to. I never made Modern Drummer. Never made Modern Drummer. I made it to Rhythm Magazine, uh, which is great. And then I've made it to uh, Drum in Japan. Got front cover on that. Got, that's got, nice. Got, that's a good feeling, right? Yeah. Got front cover on um, Rhythm Magazine. Uh, which is based in the UK, uh, but goes out worldwide. Uh, and then I got a few, and then I got um, percussion, uh, some sort of drums percussion magazine in France as well. Got okay. interviewed there, you know. So I, you know, I got, got, you know, it was the profile was rising slowly. Basically, it was rising. So the, the adage that we heard before is, "Who is he?" It's no longer who is he. It's no. what is he doing now? What is he doing now? What I was doing was just be with Jamiroquai and just dedicating my life to that, which is great. And I love it. Love being in the band. It's fabulous. Really, honestly. Up until pandemic, are you still part of the band? Hmm. I'm just talking about pandemic has paused everybody, but. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I spoke to Jay yesterday. I speak to Jay. Just is Jay yesterday. preparing to go back out? Is that the thought? Is he is he thinking about? Uh, we're preparing to. We'll most probably start a new album eventually, very soon. I would have thought, very very soon. Yeah, because we have to start at some point. We can't let this pandemic hold us down. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're not that kind of a band. You know, we we are like we need to work. We need to. Everybody needs to work. You know just what I mean? We need everybody. To, we need to do what we love. Because what we love is playing music. You know? Well, you're so an entertainer. I mean, you guys are entertainers. If you're not entertaining, what are you doing? 
Yeah, exactly. And there's only there's only so long you could stay off the scene for, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's only you could only you could stay off the scene for. So you know, I do that, um, and hopefully we'll start that soon. But in the meantime, in the pandemic, you know, I've been doing the the DJ thing. Yes, we all know. Everybody, we want to let you all know that he's been playing since yonder a long, long time. When he played vinyl records before he played digital tracks. Yes, I was. I was playing sound system with uh, Leroy and Steve. I did my did the odd little appearance. They were the main guys. I just kind of just followed them about and did the odd spun the little vinyl now and again. But to be honest, I, my real DJ life took on took off. We didn't even take off, got started. That's more. Uh, when I was in Japan touring the, doing the Traveling Without Moving tour, basically. And I used to play at after show parties. I'd find a bar to go and play my CDs and, and mix CDs in and stuff and just entertain the troops afterwards, afterwards. So let me ask you a DJ question. Yeah. Did you find it easier for you to beat mix because you had drumming experience with blending the records? Yes. I'm going to say yes to that, but anybody with rhythm could be a DJ, to be honest. Well, it takes time to understand how to lock up the, the your, beat your beats to get things to sound seen yeah. with the change. So that's what I was asking. So, yeah, I, yeah, I found it yeah, easy. I found it easy because in my head, of course, I'd heard other people do it, but also I heard I could like play two in my mind, I could play two records at once. Do you know what I mean? And listen to the beats and hear how they match together, which is great. You know, so I do that, you know, um, but because I wasn't really into it that much and obviously I didn't do it that often. I just you do. I played like, um, I would just play, I play selections. So I'd say this track will sound good after this track, but it wouldn't be a beat matching. It would just sound good after that track. Do you see what I mean? You know, um, but still everybody would be dancing and having a really good time. So I was really, so I, as long as it worked, I was happy. And my first ever gig was at a small bar in Japan, believe it or not. How so small? I, a small bar in Japan. How small? Oh, how small? Five people? No, about, I reckon it was a very, you know, Japan's like, right? It's only small, right? Yeah, but maybe 150 people tops. Okay, yeah. so it's an intimate, intimate affair, basically. Yeah. So we'd done a gig in, we were in Tokyo. I think we were in Tokyo and we'd played at, I don't know if it was the Budokan or, or one of the bigger gigs. It was, it was a big, you know, it was one of the bigger gigs. Might have been Osaka. No, no, we were in Tokyo. We played this gig. It must have been about, 7,000 people there. And I'd said to Jay before the gig, I'm going to be playing at this bar afterwards, come down, you know, and we can have, we, you know, we can have like drinks and stuff and have a good time. The, the bar manager said, because I was down there the night before he went, Oh, great, cool. Great stuff. So we do the gig as we come off the stage, Jay announces that we're going to be down at this bar. <laughs> so everybody right after <laughs> My drummer Derek is going to be spinning tunes for everybody at this bar in like, Nagasaki. I've just gone. Oh my god, the place! I'll you just like, killed no. it now. We're gonna have a ramrod tonight. <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> be back. It's a place, and we've turned up. 
we've turned up at this at this club, this bar rather, rather, and the queue is so long. It was it was absolutely. What time is your ear cut coming on? It, it was. Literally... You could just hear them saying it. What time is your tie? No, it, they, they didn't can't say that. that at all. It was just like they were just waiting. Yeah, waiting for something big to happen now. You know, and they were just there. And then when we and then came in and just started playing, man. And it was just whoa, it was great. That was my first experience as DJing behind, you know, decks and, and doing my own gig, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That was um very interesting. That was good. And consequently, you know, I just wherever else I could play, I just played. You know? And then you were just fishing out and working it out, and like everybody does. Yeah. They find their way behind the decks. Yeah, exactly. It is but, but it wasn't consistent. It was just so, like now and again. So now that you're the illustrious drummer, top shelf guy, now that's doing the <laughs> sort, sort of the kind of next part of his journey, which is the DJing, mm. where does the presenting begin for you, this radio presenting stuff? The radio presenting started, uh, came to me when I met, a, I was at ADE. I think it was the first year I met you. In fact, it was the first time I That's met you. That's right. I met you at the uh, at the party I played at. Right. Yeah, at the uh, Victoria, the Victoria Hotel in Amsterdam, right? And correct. Um, and it was there that I met Brian Power, who's one of the the main guys at my 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 house, my soul uh, radio. And I just met him at the bar. Actually, didn't know who he was. Again, you know, when you meet people, you don't know who they are. All right, mate. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. Yeah, all right. What's your name? Derek. What's your name? Brian. Oh, cool. What do you do? I'm a, I'm a drummer. You know, all that kind of, all that exchanging banter, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so you play professionally or not? Yeah, it's yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know you play with Jameer. You no. tickle with it. You're like, yeah, yeah. And you're playing yeah. along. I get it. I didn't, I did. I kind of ran along, ran along. Didn't, didn't reveal that bit. Didn't reveal that bit. And then I revealed that bit. And then he said to me, oh, do you fancy coming on and doing a radio show? I'm like, Ooh, absolutely love. no way. <laughs> exactly. That was my reaction. I'm like, yeah, I said thinking, because you're not thinking on that level. What? Oh my gosh. What radio show? You're off your mind. It's nuts. I'll never do that. Um, so <laughs> he said, you'll be fine. Honestly, honestly, you'll be fine. You'll be great. Honestly, you'll be good. Uh, so we took my number. We, we came, we, we came back to the UK. He sent me a couple of messages. Didn't hear from him for about a year. And then Steve Taylor, who you know, right? Steve Taylor then invites me as a guest on his show on My House Radio and says, come and do a 30-minute mix. So Steve was the one that brought me in to my house. And then from there... Now, uh, that ain't a true house story, right? It's a true house story. (laughs) So, you know, thanks to Stevie T, Stevie Taylor, he was the one that introduced me to that whole kind of radio kind of atmosphere uh, 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 scenario you know uh, and he was I mean Steve's really good at it he's fantastic um, and so he said yeah it's great went down really well everything was fine da 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 another year I don't then I don't do nothing for ages for now, about another year uh, and then l- not a lot obviously lot, AD didn't take part no didn't take place last year but the year before I then bumped into Brian again and Brian then heard me playing spinning at uh, the Hoxton in Amsterdam. He heard me spinning at the, at the Hoxton playing Soulful House. Okay. Directly after him. And he just came up to me and he said, my goodness, really love what you play. Love the way you play. 
do you fancy coming on the radio show? I'm like, uh, yeah, all right then. When if you've got a space, I'll do it, you know. Um, so he said, yeah, all right, no worries. I'll get in contact. Didn't hear from him until last year, February. He says, oh, Roy, Roy Marsh is going to get in contact with you. But I didn't know that Roy. Now, Roy Marsh, I've known since I joined Jamiroquai. But I didn't know that he worked at my house. And Roy rang me up and I thought Roy was ringing up for, I don't know, whatever, just to chat, say hello. And he goes, oh, Derek, I work at my house radio. Uh, do you fancy coming and doing, doing a spin? Doing, do you fancy doing a radio show weekly? I'm like, I haven't even done one yet. <laughs> He's, he goes, you'll be fine. Don't worry. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. You'll be good. Um, I went, oh, all right, then go on. And let me go. When do you want me to play? He goes, I'll be playing next week. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll do that. So remember, my house is just starting up. It's just starting up in like kind of last year, January, February time. He then calls me up like literally the next day after he's called me, he then goes, goes, Derek, have you got anything that I can, that I can use like a two hour set? He just rings me up and just says, have you got a two hour set? I went, Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I haven't done anything. I said, I've got like a tech house and like a jacking house set that I can, that I could spin that I can like send you. Because yeah, send it, fine. So I emailed it to him and he played it and, and he said it was really good. Went down well, people were listening to it and stuff. And he said, right, as of next week, I'm doing a regular show. And that was February of last year. And I've been doing, and I started off doing, and I still am doing, um, every Wednesday. Uh, I was doing Wednesdays three till five every Wednesday and compiling the shows. And then of course, you know, the pandemic hit so then everything shut down um so i've just been doing everything from home on this glorious mic remote right yeah. remote working hey that's where everybody's working right now yeah yeah and it's and it's working it's you know it, and you know what you know i have to give thanks to, to to obviously to god you know what i mean for bringing me down this path you know i'm in mean? a really good path and keeping my mind sane calm and peaceful but i also got to give thanks to you know, like Brian Power, Roy Marsh, Stevie Taylor, Richard Earnshaw. Do you know what I mean? These guys were the guys that kind of kind of boosted me to, or encouraged me to do the radio thing, to do more of the production, to do more of that, um, the DJ thing, you know. And with iCulture, you know, Steve and Richard set me up with gigs to play with them as well, you know, doing a residency in London um which was great which i had lots and lots of fun with um uh, here we go oh there'll be somebody wants my t-shirt lenny <laughs> just, i just hit that disconnect so fast couldn't hit the phone. that is the most i've ever heard your phone go in any interview lenny i'm not I'm not gonna I, lie i don't know why it shouldn't even be going off is it me or is it inauguration it's the inauguration or is, it, is it that I'm t-shirt i'm so happy to call me <laughs> <laughs> or somebody saying get him off <laughs> they don't know i'm on some people don't know i'm on on live right now so oh. it is what it is we got to deal with it sorry this is what we call home box office tv home box office self-management <laughs> i don't have i don't have a control studio stop it i'm, I'm the control i'm everything i got the gears you know <laughs> Excellent. Oh, you know, God. you're working on, you You know, there's a thing called, you know, there's a virus I have. It's called. 
<laughs> it's called, it's an Italian virus. It's called Funzalo. Funzalo. When you don't have money to work with, this is how you work. <laughs> Funzalo. The only way to fix it is get a job. <laughs> so, so you've been working with the road, Mike, which I'm so happy he connected today for us. Yeah, I connected this. Just for your, just for your interview. This sounds like he's on the radio right from my house. Right. Yeah. Right. My house radio. We love my house radio. Yeah. But, you guys are a big sponsor, support yeah. and everything. You play all our music. I can't yeah, thank you all enough. Thank you. man. No, thank you for like, you know, asking me on here. And, I got news for you. I think you covered a lot for us today. Uh, well, it's not, have you got another, how long we got? Oh. Remember you worried about filming two hours? With oh, yeah. And that's why I'm at the point now where I have to say one last question. Tell me, ask me, ask away. When pandemic is over, what's the plan? Pandemic is over. What's the plan? At the minute, I'm working on some tracks here at home. Um, and fingers crossed, get together with the band and start doing some bits, uh, get that rolling. Um, definitely DJs that do the guest mix stuff. Um, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm just into writing and production at, at, at the minute. So beautiful, beautiful. So I, you know, and I'm, and I'm really enjoying it as well. You know, I'm working with, you know, I've worked with, you know, with, you know, cause I've had a couple of releases last year with Lorraine McIntosh. I did that Latino track, um, Afrotino and I did, um, uh, the track with Joy Rose, Love Yourself, which went really well. And that was out on Groove Culture. So, that, you know, and those guys have been amazing. They've been really good. Supporters. Good guys. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, the Italian guys. Very good yeah. guys. Really, really good. Really, really good. You know. Michele, uh, Michele and his partner. Michele and, and and Andrea Tanici. Andrea Tanici, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. Who is an amazing engineer, mixer and master, by the way. He's fab. You nuts. all the stuff you hear that's him it's great really good so yeah so i'm just going to be doing that just and working more with joy working more with lorraine uh and uh a couple of other people i'm working with at the minute i'm working with jay criv you know jay criv right yes from from brooklyn yeah yeah so i'm doing a trip i'm doing a track he's been jay. on here too he's done a great interview for us oh Ah, very good we love jay man he's he's a he's a great great Check musician the cat fabulous musician and the stuff he does with um with adeline and 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 studio 54 and all that just whoa just very earthy sounding very yeah strange. man love that love that you know somebody asked me a question for you how Tell do you me. feel about you being a drummer um Sampled sounds and sampled drum beats posed to having a live drummer on a track on these recordings. How do you feel about that? What, about having programs? Yeah, programs. In, other words, in other words, that, you know, you could do this, you know, for someone or someone using a loop. Do you feel a bit slighted, you know? Oh, no. Do you know what? It, I think it all depends on the actual the producer or the writer or what vibe they want. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm, I use loops, to be honest with you. You know, I use loops sometimes, but I only use loops to get the vibe up of the track. Just, just that's it. I don't feel bad about it or anything. In fact, what I do is I use it to my advantage. So if somebody has, if somebody says to me, Derek, we've got this track. There's a loop. This is what you've got to play. I'll play along to the loop 
then I'd say to them, look, I'll tell you what, let me suggest something. Why don't you cut the loop up and use elements of it against what I'm playing? Then that way they've still got, do you know what I mean? You know, I, yeah, of course. I work, I work with them. You're doing it more for an artistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with samples and stuff like that, but I tell you one thing I do, I do have a problem with is how everyone are doing. Everyone's doing edits. What is it with people doing edits? So they take a song and they, what they call it an edit, but all they've put on it is a kick drum and a tambourine. And then they call it either a remix or an edit. And I'm like, no, it's not. You've blatantly taken the track and just added a kick drum and a tambourine. And then they're putting their name to it. I don't get that. It's a quick flash in the pan to get themselves known. Maybe. Anyway, there's a lot of it being done. <laughs> Not just for a long time. The, 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 the little, like you'll hear a whole Earth, Wind and Fire song with the, with the, um, with the, um, with the song in it, with the full song, the bass, the, the, the drums, the everything with a kick drum and a hi-hat on the top, you know, all right. It takes a little bit of effort to write an original song, but it's always worth it in the end when you come up with your own material. Or use or use a song to start to influence you. Do you know what I mean? Right. Use it, use it to influence. No, you. no, no, no. These guys and then you could take out. Then you could take it out, and then just c carry on the carry on the vibe. You know. Um, listen, I'm known for that. You know, I'm. You know, I use. I listen to a track. I get inspired by that track, but I don't copy the track. I just use it as an inspiration for a for a vibe. Yeah, but you're a musician. Band. A lot of guys doing this in that music, music, musician based. These are these are guys that are just looking for a quick. I mean, I want to put them down because it is an artistic way of looking at it. Yeah, so what's it is, happening it is, is they're way. taking a track, they're taking a track that's pretty much done. Yeah, and they're just hyping it up with a low kick and giving it a fresh top high end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But ask them to make that record, they couldn't do it. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, admittedly, though, some of it is good. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit tougher. It gives, it gives a, a, a chance for, for it. like that to come back out and make some noise again. Yeah, you know, yeah. There is yeah. some positives. It's, it is great. It's really good to hear those old school tracks. Um, what would really be good is if they'd sometimes credit the people who did the original tracks. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's just like, why don't you credit the person that actually did the original track? Do you know what I mean? You know, credit. No, credit. but it's the problem. Do you know what I mean? Let me explain everyone why they're not crediting the track. Because Tell then me. you have to clear it. Of course, ah, of course you do. You cannot you know, get clearances on these records. These are records that major labels own. Most of the time, it'd be like like Jay's record, like emergency, yeah. like for example, like Space Cowboy. Yeah, re-editing yeah. the David Morales remix, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden, it's not called Jamiroquai. Now it's called Tommy Quai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dirty Cowboy. Right yeah, yeah. or something, yeah, yeah, right. something, or, yeah, or a happy cowboy, right? And then all of a sudden, the thick and thin mix in parentheses, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. people hear it, you go, wait a minute, but that's it's David Morales, 
Jamiroquai record I wrote. Whoa, Jay singing on it. Yeah. And how does and how do you think he's going to feel if that was the case? Well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? You know. Now it's going to be like called an injunction. Now. Yeah. Then it all starts getting. So you imagine if you named Jamiroquai Space Cowboy, you have unauthorized permission. Permission. Yeah. No permission to put it out. You put it out. Copyright infringement. This is what was what's going on. What's going on? Yeah. Well, well, hopefully, you know, we'll start to hear some more original tracks, you know, but also in the same breath, I can actually say, and I'm holding my hands up for this, I play some of those tracks that have been rehashed, so to speak, you know, with the kick drums and the hi-hats and whatever, and the re-edits chopping them up. And some of them sound brilliant. I bet they do. But that's that's the price you pay, though, when you play around with the major stuff that's already published. Yeah. You know, it's someone's work. It's yeah. like anything. They should be properly credited and properly paid, but it's yeah, just yeah. It came That's in. right. That's right. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I think eventually it will come around to people just start making original music again. I really do believe that, you know, because especially, you know, I mean, DJs, DJs have a different way of looking at doing music. So they should use that to create this original stuff because they're, there's so many talented DJs out there. There's so many. So yeah, but it's very expensive now to get musicians in and, and you can to, do it all in a box. You can do it all if, in your laptop. Well, if you know how to do it, sure. But a lot of people don't know how to do that stuff. Mm. Okay. Well, if you can work Ableton, well, logic. Well, if you yeah, but you gotta also be to be able to do the whole thing in the box. You gotta have keyboard yeah. skills a musical background oh, yeah yeah you know dragging and dropping loops is one thing but when you're talking about actually playing a roads part and doing a change yeah. for a bridge a chorus first yeah. you got to know kind of some sort of musical training something to be able to play it or oh, get a really good keyboard player yeah that is the other side of it yeah and that's that it you know i have to thank you you've been absolutely refreshing thank you lady giving us an education from a from a musician standpoint no worries man your trip was absolutely (laughs) funky and amazing 